Good evening, Steeler fans. Welcome to the Curtain Call Podcast from the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. Here with me tonight, my co-host, Shannon White. Shannon, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, GB. Good to see you this week. We missed you last week. Yeah, I had I, I had a great time. My daughter had a band concert. There was a choir concert. It, it was you know, some, sometimes when it's seventh and eighth graders playing music, sometimes you're like, wow, that actually is pretty good. And other times you're like, is that, is that actually music? Are that, are they supposed to be playing music? Uh, there was, a, there was a good mixture. It was a, it was, you know, family responsibilities It's what we do. Yes. It's what we do. Yes. Family first, family first. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I'm off. Now I'm all. I've lost my whole plot train of thought here. But uh, there, was, I want to start with this. I want to start with this. We talked about it a slight bit off the air, but there is news going around that Ben Roethlisberger is unhappy with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shannon, do you think Ben Roethlisberger is unhappy with the Pittsburgh Steelers? No, I think it's a lot like we we talked about. I think it, nobody's. Unless you walk off the field like Jerome Bettis, Super Bowl yeah. champion, you're usually not happy with how your career, the final game, and how it ended. You know, Ben had the great, you know, last couple of games, farewell tour, got to go out. Last game in Hinesfield was just magical. They won, and it was, you know, he played really, really bad. He did not have a good game. and no. But it was just the love and, and admiration everybody had for him. And so it was kind of like one of them made-for-TV moments. And then mm-hmm. to, to finish the season, to make the playoffs by beating the Ravens and uh, to continue his dominance basically over the AFC North. But then how the they lost in the playoffs, and it really wasn't competitive. And I think that what we talked before the season, Ben wanted, he needed, not wanted, he needed a good offensive line last year and a strong running game. With his lack of mobility and at his age, he needed those things. And – you know, wanted to have that kind of John Elway, you know, send off. Well, with the reduced salary cap and everything that had happened because of the pandemic, stewards just couldn't do it. They couldn't yeah. provide it, and they gambled and they tried. And the offensive line never gelled and never come together. So I'm saying that, that Ben probably looks at this offensive line and, and the stuff, you know, and he's thinking, well, I might could do something with this group, but he still will not fit Matt Canada's system. And so, I mean, he might have mentioned that, but I don't think that there's, for people that that I've heard that know him personally, that there is no beef with the Steelers. I mean, he he is happy in retirement. He's moved on into his life's work, as as Coach Noel said. And I think that this is being overblown, and it's people wanting attention. And it's, in my view, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, help the situation uh that ben is uh, i don't i don't i, I want to say this but i don't want to i'm not trying to be negative about him right but it, it, these little like i don't know i the word in my head is snotty comments that he will make sometimes they're just kind of like you know like ribbon people like mm-hmm. if you're getting into you're, you know you're 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 teasing them a little bit and i think that's how ben means it but when we it's in the media it goes a little bad like when they talked to him and he was like well if i wanted to come back you know, my coach and my general manager don't want me and, yep. and I can't yep. play anymore and mm-hmm. I can't all that stuff. That's it's hard to to get Ben Roethlisberger. That's I think that's just his sense of humor. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's just him. 
And none of his teammates ever react negatively to that. You don't see a guy like Ramon Foster saying, oh, my gosh, no, Mm -hmm. Ben's upset about that. You don't see that. They know him. I I think it's overblown. But, yeah, I do agree. Ben Roethlisberger, you know, he had that confidence, always had that confidence. And that Mm -hmm. was a huge bonus to him. That kind of confidence where he could go out throw three interceptions in the first half and go out in the second half and throw three more and (laughs) still be that same guy. Be like, you know what? This one's for the touchdown. Um, This pass is going for a touchdown and throw the same pass. Like he had that confidence. He's never going to be that guy who's like, you know what? I really can't do it. Mm -hmm. I'm fine. That's, 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 That's so far from what the way he is wired, right? The competitive nature of Ben Roethlisberger. And we, and he has Tomlin, short... we heard uh, Tomlin talk about that. Did you read that where Tomlin was talking yeah. about Roethlisberger competitiveness? Mm-hmm. At any yeah, And, you know, oh, you yeah. said, you know, he has short-term memory loss, which can be a good thing. You know, like you said, three interceptions, first half, go out in the second half, it's a whole new game. I mean, just start slinging yeah. it. And, and, you know, it takes that a lot of times to be great. And, and he's the ultimate competitor. I mean, that was one of the things that set him apart. And... You know, that was one thing I don't think he had them last couple of years. He, you know, you could tell he was thinking about self, self-preservation. He was thinking about don't get hurt, try to get this team in the playoffs, and then, you know, and that's not how he played. He played reckless. He, you know, he shrugged off defensive linemen, you know, and I think that that he started seeing his own mortality in, in the end of the road there at the end, and it changed the way he played. But I think it was time. I think, you know, he was physically – done and emotionally done so i think that's being blown out of proportion i think it's i don't want to say clickbait but i think it's somebody like look at me you know i'm wanting some attention so i'm gonna and i go say who reported it but we all know but i don't think it's yeah. accurate at all <laughs> yeah i don't think so either and here's a question that i think is is actually really relevant here where do you think ben roethlisberger shows up with the steelers again how long do you, do you think he takes a while off? Do you think he needs to give a guy like Kenny Pickett space and, and stay away from Steeler events for a while? Uh, and, and, like, how do you think this post-Ben, you know, situation needs to be handled where there are other guys that are going to be quarterbacks and Ben Roethlisberger, you know, they're not going to be as good as him. Like They're just not yeah. going to be Ben Roethlisberger. Should he stay away from the team? Do you think he will? Where do you think that goes? I'm talking about it in uh, some discussion threads today. Ben was nowhere near, you know, uh, vintage Ben uh, these last couple of years. Uh, but just looking at last year, he still was incredibly clutch. You know, that ability to lead them to on game winning drive, seven out of the nine wins, that's not going to be there anymore. And so that's, some, that's the great unknown. We don't know how, that they're going to replace that. Hopefully they'll be winning in the, at the end of games and they won't have to worry about it. But I think the best thing Ben could do is he'll probably make an appearance somewhere, maybe at camp or, you know, but he wants to stay out of the, the spotlight. Obviously let Trubisky, let Pickett, let these guys have that spotlight. And, and you know, they nobody needs to be reminded that he's not around anymore. And I, I'm like you, I think he needs to kind of step back and, and, of course, some people will probably read that, that there's, you know, a beef between him and the Steelers, but I don't think that'll be it. I think he's he knows it's his time has passed and let somebody else have that spotlight. And, 
you know, if they need anything, I'm sure they could call him and, and, you know, how do I handle this situation with the Pittsburgh media or something like that? But I think for all intents and purposes, we ain't going to see him around much his first year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think that's a good thing. I think it might not be for a while. Like, I think you might not see Ben Roethlisberger show up for like events where he's going to be around these other, these new quarterbacks. Mm -hmm for a series of years. Like it might be three or four years before we see Ben Roethlisberger hanging out in like a meaningful way with the team. I, th I think we're going to see him really give distance. And of course, I think that I, th I agree with you. I think that's going to be read as a negative as there's problems and issues there. And I think we're going to see that more if Ben Roethlisberger ends up in a, you know, a uh, commentator role or analyst role on, on ESPN, he's pretty good. Mm. You know, he's good at that job. I think he, I think he could do that job. I think he'd be better at than Tom Brady. He's, I think he's a little more personable on camera. So I think we could see that kind of move for him. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I think Ben Roethlisberger right now is mostly just happy to be home, you know, <laughs> and yes. just chilling and, and enjoying his life. He seems like a guy that can take, probably a year off and just go fishing with his kids for a while, you know, mm -hmm. and he'll be fine. He'll eventually, he'll eventually show up, you know, he'll eventually come back out and do other things and find his, you know, the, the what work he wants to do with the rest of his life, stuff like that. But until then, I, I really think you're going to see Ben just kind of slip out of the picture. Now we are hoping to have a guest on tonight. There were some problems on our side. Uh, with getting the invite sent to him, he, he may show up here. Uh, but we are here to talk about Kenny Pickett tonight. Uh, so we do want to get on to that, moving from, you know, the, the Steelers' last quarterback to on to Kenny Pickett. And I'm going to start, Shannon, with this one. Was Kenny Pickett the right choice? I was like, if the, if the Steelers think he can be a franchise guy, yes. And when I say franchise guy, you don't have to be one of the top five guys. We talked about it last week. You don't have to be a top five guy, you know, according to the NFL rankings. If you can get a team to the big dance and you can make the two or three plays in that game to help them win, that's what I call franchise quarterback. You can put up all the numbers you want, all the statistics, I do not call that a franchise quarterback. A franchise quarterback not only puts up numbers, he wins, he gets you there, and then he makes the plays to win the big game. That remains to be seen. The Steelers obviously felt like the picket was the right choice. When you look at some of the numbers that's floating around right now about how effective Pickett is working the middle of the field versus all the other quarterbacks coming out this year, it wasn't even close. Pickett was number two in college football last year uh, and number one on some statistics about, you know, average depth, uh, work in the middle, uh, completion percentage, touchdowns, he works the middle of the field. Now, the Steelers, we've been used to being working the sidelines and working the – I mean, because he had that huge arm and he just – he trusted himself that he could get that ball out there. He'd paint it on the, the sidelines to A.B. to do a toe tap all the time. Makes some incredible throws and plays. But – that's not Pickett's thing. Pickett likes to, to because he has that touch we've talked about. He could get it over the linebackers and in front of the safeties, and he's very effective at that. And he reads the middle of the field really well. So 
it's going to be totally different. I mean, when you consider that what Canada is going to want to do and take a snap from center and, and, you know, play action, rollouts, bootlegs, all these things, the stores could not do at all last year. Not only even if they wanted to, they couldn't. So it's going to be totally different. And not only is he the most pro ready, we had a really big discussion on Slack this week because I say that if you quarterbacks do not improve their accuracy when they come into the NFL, they either got it or they don't. Now they can get somewhat better with mechanics and footwork and that'll improve. But if a guy just, his accuracy just is subpar, it seldom improves to NFL caliber once they get in the league. And Pickett has that. He was the most accurate quarterback in the draft. So uh, I think that it was a, a good choice. It remains to be seen if it was the right choice. I, see, I, I agree with you on the accuracy. Even when you say the mechanical improvement, mm-hmm. they're not really improving their accuracy. You can improve... Well, I mean, you can if your accuracy is off simply because mm-hmm. of your mechanics, but mostly they improve their consistency, right? If you're a quarterback who can throw accurately, but you've got some bad habits that throw it off, mm-hmm. it's going to show up as some of those passes are going to be online, some of them are going to be off. And then with mechanics, you can get more consistently accurate, which mm-hmm. is a big deal. But I, I agree with you. If, you. if you can't drop a ball in there in that mm-hmm. little window, you're not going to be able to drop the ball into that little window. and that it goes with one of the things I, I'd say with quarterbacks, and especially with Kenny Pickett, is the most NFL ready. That's not a knock. A lot of people yeah. are like, well, that's a negative. He's just NFL ready. You're getting a quarterback for right now. No, that's a guy who can play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. These other guys, you're like, well, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Like, we like these things about them. And if they can do these other things as well, then they can be an NFL quarterback. Well, that means it's quite possible that they'll just never be an NFL quarterback, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't think, I don't think there's a a lot of odds that Kenny Pickett is going to pull off being, you know, the kind of quarterback that wins Super Bowls and is an and is a Hall of Fame style quarterback with his skill set. Which I mean, you're you're talking about like his arm strength, mobility. You you could compare those traits to like a Joe Montana, who Mm -hmm. didn't have the greatest arm strength. Had some, but not great mobility, and yet just made plays. Constantly. One of one of the all time greats. Yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> he made it all time great. Yes, so, yes. so can you be a Kenny Pickett level physical talent and be you know an all time great? Yes, mm-hmm. it's been done, but it's really rare. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. not every day. You don't see many Tom Brady's and Joe Montana's out there, right? Mm-hmm. But. When you look at other players who can win a Super Bowl, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Joe <laughs> Flacco won yeah. a Super Bowl, right? Joe yeah. uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has played in Super Bowls. Jared Goff played in a Super Bowl. They didn't win them, but they played in them. For goodness sakes, Neil O'Donnell played in a Super Bowl with the Steelers. Like, is this a guy who can win playoff games? Is this a guy who can give us a chance to win a Super Bowl? Maybe not carry us there, not be a big mm-hmm. Ben who can mm-hmm. go and do and just be like, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna carry this team through a couple of games, right? And mm-hmm. then we're gonna, you know, other games you're gonna have to you're gonna have to help me, but there's a couple of games here. I'm just gonna kind of win, right, with my own talent. Yeah. Is Kenny Pickett likely to be that guy? No. Can Kenny Pickett be a guy who wins playoff games? Yes. 
Mm-hmm. Can Kenny Pickett be a guy who wins a Super Bowl? I think he can. Yeah. I, I I think he can be that guy. I I think he has kind of a playmaker's knack, and we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Here and here's my here's my next one on this on the Kenny Pickett. Ooh, here we go. Let's see let's see if he is if he is ready to go. Our guest is here. I'm gonna bring him in on the surprise. I don't know if he's ready. Hey, Mark, are you ready to go? Fellas, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, yeah. I can. Hey, Mark. Welcome to the show. We are we're live right now. We're just dumping you right in. Uh, everyone listening at home, everyone on YouTube, say hi to Mark Bergen. Am I right again? Yes, yes I remembered that correctly. From the Believe in Steelers podcast with Ike Taylor. We're talking, we're talking Kenny Pickett. We talked a little bit earlier about the rumors of Ben Roethlisberger having beef with the with the Steelers France with the, the organization. But I want to take a hard right turn as you join the podcast and just completely change topics <laughs> uh, because you had one of the best shows I've listened to on a podcast at all, uh, an interview with Mike mm-hmm. Tomlin mm-hmm. with Ike Taylor. And, and if, you, if, you, if people out there have not heard the podcast, uh, the Believe in Steelers podcast where Mike Tomlin came on uh, with Mark and Ike Taylor, go check that out. It's a fantastic interview. Uh, Mark, what was it? What was it like interviewing Mike Tomlin? What was your takeaway from that? Well, first and foremost, Jeffrey and Shannon, thank you for having me on your show. Um, it was just a tremendous honor, and honestly, I didn't really need to do a whole lot. And I tried to take Coach Tomlin's advice by listening. It was clear that even across Zoom, Mike Tomlin's in Pittsburgh, Ike's down in Orlando their relationship comes across even on a video screen, Mm -hmm. even on their devices. Mm -hmm. So honestly, I just needed to stand out of the way and let them reminisce and let them go over, you know, past, present, future. And just, you know, Tomlin has the gift of gab. There's no doubt about that, but it was very, very genuine. Uh, A couple takeaways that I had from the interview though, and Ike and I talked about this on our Monday show. Number one, uh, I thought it was very telling at the very end of our conversation with him. He said that the Steelers were on the clock for maybe 15 seconds before selecting Kenny Pickett. So that was one of the big questions I had mm-hmm. was, mm-hmm. was it Pickett? Was there anyone else on the board? Inevitably, Pickett's going to be compared to Malik Willis and the rest of the quarterbacks in the 2022 class. But they went with the kid right in their backyard at Pitt. And so that was one thing, if I'm putting my reporter hat on. The other thing as well, and I can't help but wonder this, we find out the schedule release on Thursday night. So we're recording this Wednesday night. We find out tomorrow night who the Steelers would play in their 17-game regular season schedule. Tomlin's entering year 16. He is 50 years old right now. (laughs) I look at Tom Brady, who just signed a record contract to be Fox's lead analyst. I look at Rams head coach Sean McVay, who turned down a ton of money from Amazon to become a broadcaster. He still has a lot of left, a juice left as a head coach. Tomlin's 50. I'm not saying this is going to happen next season, after this season. I don't know when this is going to happen. Whatever network wants to get a damn good color analyst, broadcaster, color commentator, Mike Tomlin's going to be your guy. And like I look at it from this standpoint. When the TV broadcast deals come up, CBS, Fox, NBC, and you get the tech giants in. This upcoming season, Thursday Night Football is going to be on Amazon. 
the tech giants are playing a different ball game when it comes to revenue than your traditional TV broadcasts are. Could Mike Tomlin go into the broadcast booth if and when he decides to hang it up? I think he could find a job on the same day by sundown if he so chooses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he could do that as a head coach if the Steelers ever said, we don't like want Mike Tomlin. I think there would be several teams lined up to hire him as a head coach. He has options, but everyone has a price. And he's been doing this now. This is his 16th year. He doesn't have a losing season. I'm sure he still wants to win a Super Bowl title. I know that he loves player development. But I couldn't help but think, especially this last week, when I see how much money Tom Brady is going to make, potentially more as a broadcaster than a Hall of Fame player, the GOAT, seven Super Bowl titles, it got me thinking. And it got me thinking because when these TV deals come up and the tech giants can come in, if they choose, they can step in. And I'm going to say one other thing, too, because I've gone on long enough. If you look at the top 100 live broadcasts from 2021, more than 70 were football. It was like 72 were football. Most of those are NFL games. So the popularity mm-hmm. of the sport just continues <clears throat> to grow. Tech Giant comes in is going to make you know an offer that Tomlin or whoever the next guy is, they can't refuse because they have more money than the traditional broadcast networks. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. I think the minute Tomlin decides he's done coaching, he knows he can. He, he's going to have practically a blank check to go into broadcasting. And it's because I, I think a lot of that is showing up because Tomlin is allowing himself to be less of the coach speak, right? When you see him, like you got to see him with Ike Taylor, like you said, you just kind of stayed out of the way because the minute reporters get involved and start asking questions, Tomlin goes into coach Tomlin mode and you start getting coach answers where he's like, he's giving bulletin board clips to his players and he doesn't care what question you're asking. He is talking not to you. He's talking to his players, but when he goes and meets with former players, you get to see that. And if if anyone go check out that interview with Mike Mm -hmm. Tomlin, check out, check out the believe in serious podcast, but absolutely check that out. It's fantastic seeing Mike Tomlin just let go and be, you know, himself. Right. Yeah. I and that really talk- came across okay. that really came across as well. And honestly, like I said, I really didn't need to do a whole lot. And so once because Ike has that relationship and it's all about relationships. And so it's like mm-hmm. that came across like Jeffrey, I can't imagine if if Coach Tomlin and Ike had been in the same room what that would have been like, let alone over a, a Zoom call. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd, like that'd be fantastic to experience him and like just being there in that room with those guys. Fantastic. Now you mentioned Kenny Pickett and Mike Tomlin saying that he was on the, they were on the clock for about 15 seconds before they, they selected Kenny Pickett. What are your thoughts on that Kenny draft on the Kenny Pickett draft pick is, is that a pick you expected? Cause when we were, when we talked before the draft, none of us were expecting Kenny Pickett, uh, What's your process since they drafted Kenny Pickett? What's your mental process and how you've seen that pick and how you've evaluated it? I don't think any of us expected him to be there at 20. I know this is a weaker draft class, but just the the need for the quarterback position in this league to have success. So for him to even be there was surprising. But then it's, okay, is it Pickett? Is it Willis? And, and I know Devontae Wyatt was still on the board. Here's how I view this. Tomlin, again, entering year 16, has never had a losing season. So, okay, what are your possibilities next off season? Because 
I like Mitch Trubisky. I'm optimistic about Mitch Trubisky, but he's not going to win you a Super Bowl title. Like, I don't think that's a news flash. So I look at it like this. You look at the other quarterbacks in the division. Lamar Jackson, going to be in a contract season. He's going to ball out and come back with a vengeance. I don't know who he's going to throw to, but I expect him to play well <laughs> because the, Raven, the Ravens will be a lot healthier this mm-hmm. upcoming season than they were in 2021. Joe Burrow coming off a Super Bowl title. Not sure when Deshaun Watson's going to be allowed to play, but you're talking about premium talent at the quarterback position. So I look at it from, okay, if the Steelers didn't take a quarterback in the first round, what's the game plan to be on that same level with the rest of the teams in the division, let alone the rest of the conference? So I look at it from, okay, who's coming out next year? You've got Bryce Young, Alabama, CJ Stroud, Ohio State. There might be a few other quarterbacks that emerge, but if the Steelers aren't going to bottom out and Tomlin mm-hmm. doesn't have a losing season in his resume, they're not going to be in a position to take one of those top quarterbacks in next year's draft class. So then it's, okay, who could potentially become available via tr- uh, a trade or free agency? And we saw how that played out this offseason. I know Russell Wilson mm-hmm. switched teams, but that's awfully tough because then you're giving up capital to either trade for a quarterback or – premium money that you need to spend to be able to offer players extensions like hmm, Aminka Fitzpatrick or what you're going to do with Deontay Johnson. To that point, I think the Steelers pay one of two players, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, drafting the two receivers in Pickens and Austin as well signals to me Steelers aren't going to place a premium like the le- the rest of the league has at the receiver position. So, and that's a good thing because the Steelers do a great job at developing young receivers too. So all of this goes hand in hand, but I look at it from this standpoint, Jeffrey, if you look at next, next draft, right? Steelers aren't going to be in that bottom half to be able to take one of the top quarterbacks available. They would have to trade up. So the fact that Pickett's sitting right there, he's been in your backyard for the last several years. You can see what you've had in him. To me, it was a no-brainer. Yeah, one thing about it, um, Trubisky has admitted that he knew that if Pickett was there, the Steelers were going to take him. So they had already discussed that. And I think that they, as we had talked, they were not going to move up. They were not going to trade up. They didn't have enough draft capital. But if he was sitting there at 20 and they had the pick of all of them, you know, I didn't think he would be there at 20. None of us did. So they got him. They got him on, you know, you have five years control. And that's how you you rebuild with a young team. They're incredibly young on both sides of the ball now. You bring in a young quarterback that can grow with Pickens and CA3 and DJ and all these guys. And then you got Najee Harris as your workhorse. If it all comes back to that offensive line, but Pickens is mobile, and that will help that offensive line, which they've already strengthened and built up in the interior, especially. So Pickens, to me, was a it was a totally logical choice. And the thing that made it made the most sense to me is they know him for five years. He's he's been next door. Uh, you know, it was no guesswork. You know, we was talking about Tom Lanner. Tomler gets a feel for these guys. And these young guys, when he goes to their pro days and he talks to them, they they rave about Tomlin and how real he is. And because he is real, later on, when their four-year contract's up, they want to come to Pittsburgh. There's a lot of value in that. If When that guy's first contract's up, 
He wants to stay in Pittsburgh, maybe at a little bit less money because he wants to play for Tomlin. There's so many, it's so valuable beyond just what he offers as a coach, uh, you know, and for the X's and O's because of his leadership and because of how the players respect him. So, you know, I, I kind of got off Pickett a little bit there and started talking about Tomlin, but Pickett to me was the right choice because we had talked about earlier. He's accurate. He's mobile. He understands. He's got a good feel for the game going through progressions. I would have spoke more about him when we talked there a couple of weeks ago, but again, I never thought he was going to be there. So I think the Steelers definitely got their guy. Oh yeah. And, and Mark, as you were saying, like the Steelers aren't going to be in the top half. It reminds me of when Mike Tomlin, after the game against Washington, goes to Chase Young and tells him, I never want to be in a position to draft a guy like you. Yeah. And and that makes sense that that would that kind of attitude, that kind of view of the league that I don't want to be bad enough to get a Joe Burrow. I don't want to be bad enough to get, a, a you know, whoever the next great quarterback is. And so to be able to grab a Kenny Pickett is that's pretty good. That's a pretty lucky break. Uh, with Kenny Pickett, what kind of impact do you think that has on the Steelers' offense if he wins the job this year? If he actually gets on the field and plays, what kind of impact do you think that has on the, the Steelers' offense? Well, I want to go back to a point Shannon made about okay. the players on the offensive side of the ball. All of them are 25 and younger. Like Deontay Johnson is the elder statesman of the group and he's 25 years old. So I hope that maybe they can bring in like a veteran player of some sort, just be like, Hey, this is how you go about conducting business. But from a, a, a young talent standpoint and having a lot of players on their rookie deals in cheap contracts, maybe they can outperform their contracts. And that to me is like the most exciting thing. I think it has a lot of experience starting at the college level. I know he's a little bit older coming into the league too. It's nothing you guys don't already know. To me, there's really three questions remaining with the Steelers offseason. We're going to talk offseason long once we get into mini camp, training camp, preseason, what have you. How soon does Pickett start? Uh, can he start week one of the 2022 season? If it is Mitch, you know, how long will Mitch hold that starting position before Pickett takes over. Now, I know Mason Rudolph's in that room, and that's nice, and he can add to the competition. But, like, let's be honest here. We know what Mason Rudolph can do at this point. Um, I also look at it from so, – so that's number one. Number two, who is going to emerge as the backup behind Najee Harris? Led the league in touches last year, 381. It was the most for a player since Ladanian Tomlinson in 2001. He only fumbled once that came in the playoff game, but – Steelers didn't have a home run hitter. It was Harris who had the long run of the season, a 37-yard touchdown. So who can be the scat back? Who can help carry the load? To expect the same level of production from Harris, who was running behind an offensive line that was young and developing and, frankly, not very good in the 2021 season. So you've got to keep him healthy because if he goes down, there goes your whole season. So who's going to be the guy? Is it going to be Benny Snell? Is it going to be... Anthony McFarland, is it going to be one of the undrafted free agents that they brought in? Still a huge question mark that I'm still waiting for the Steelers to answer. 
and a different style of runner behind Najee. And then number three, my third question is, is what do you do at the cornerback position? It looks like Joe Hayden. He's had a great run here in Pittsburgh, but it looks like he's headed out of town. But if you're going to uh, roll with the young guys at the cornerback position, that is a position that is just not a position of strength for the Steelers, particularly when I'm looking at the other receivers across the division with the Cincinnati Bengals. That's just an area, a side of the football where you you have a, a disadvantage just compared to pure talent. And I almost look at it from like if you were drafting in Madden, which defensive back group would you want in the AFC North? And look, that's no knock on any of the young players. They can develop and become good players. But going into the season, it's not the Steelers. So those are really the three things. How soon does Pickett start? Who emerges as the backup behind Najee? And then what's the plan at the cornerback position? Those are the three questions that I have really going into minicamp, OTAs, and training camp eventually later on this summer. And I'm sure you've probably seen it already. Uh, I read it last night. The essay by Tariq Cohen. Oh, yeah. Um, talking about what had happened to him over his la the last 10 years. You know, he was all pro in there. You know, he had some great seasons for the Bears, and nobody knew, you know, what was going on in his personal life and with his family. And he's finally ready to come back. And, you know, you look at a guy that, that is that went through what he's went through and has that kind of uh, warrior mentality and, and, and trying to keep fighting and, and re rehab and get back into the league. And he's sitting out there at 26 years old and, you know, you need a, a backup running back, but a change of pace, he would definitely bring. And also with the way Canada likes to run his offense, he could almost be a, a, a secret weapon of sorts. Um, I'm wondering if they couldn't get him, um, you know, on a, on a cheap contract to give him a chance, bring him in, uh, and maybe both parties benefit from this. Uh, what do you think about the options of, or the, maybe having an opportunity to bring him in? First off, read that piece in the Players mm -hmm. Tribune. Anyone who hasn't, you when you criticize players, and it kind of made me step back, where it's like. You know, player performance, it's like step back because you don't really know the full story of what's going on in their personal life. So want to start there. I like the idea. I love Tariq Cohen. But at the same time, what's the purpose of bringing in Gunner this offseason if he's going to be a return man as well? Because that's something Tariq Cohen mm -hmm. has experience doing. Now, I will say this. You're, you're spot on. Tariq Cohen's a totally different style of back. He's not going to be a three down back. More of a scat back and a player you can also use in the slot position as well. So if the Steelers wanted to get creative, but okay, I look at it from the standpoint, if you bring in Tariq Cohen, who's the odd man out? Is it going to be someone at the receiver position? Because Cohen's honestly more of a little bit more of a hybrid player, or would it be one of the running backs, the stable of running backs that they have, but you know what you have in the bell cow, Najee Harris, but I'm just looking for one of them to embrace that role to where you have a tandem of running backs. We've seen it time and time and time again in history when teams are able to run the football, how running backs can help complement each other. I don't want Najee Harris. I, I love that they're using him as the first-round pick, but 381 touches, it's too much. It's too much, and for expect him to stay healthy and not mm -hmm. fumble the football to do what he did this past, this past season. I think it's wishful thinking, in all honesty, because that is an absolute beating. He can handle it. I'm not doubting that, but just have someone else help carry the mm -hmm. load, give him a blow, 
give him a breather, and he's going to be even more effective when it comes late in the season and games in November, December, and January in the third and fourth quarter. Well, you know, after Harris, they don't really have anything. They don't have anybody that's set in stone. And that's what I'm saying. That Cap, Tomlin does not like to use – he likes the bell cow. He likes the workhorse. He doesn't like using his backup running backs. But as you say, he has to, or they're going to drive Harris into the ground. He might be more willing, if it, is, it was a guy like Cohen, who could come in and be used in such a variety of ways, give Harris some you know, rest on third down some, and then in, in your short yardage, that pounding that Harris took last year, Connor Hayward is really good in short yardage goal line, mm. you know, picking up at one or two yards. You know, that would take a lot of it off of Harris. Shannon, we just need to give you the, the paycheck. Just listen, <laughs> paycheck in your name. We'll send it to Tariq Cohen. Blank paycheck. We'll send it directly to their address. I love it. I love it. <laughs> what what I actually want to bring in here is, is something I found fascinating because I, I love diving into to weird stats and weird stuff like that. Uh, coach Pat Meyer, the Steelers' new offensive line coach, mm-hmm. has gone to several different teams and drastically reduced the workload of their number one back. He's done it like three or four times. Uh, he did it in L.A. He did, it, he did a couple of different places and had guys in the Pro Bowl with like a 30% drop in touches put running backs in the Pro Bowl with left touch, less touches than they had the season before. So I, I think this, that's a sign to me that the Steelers know they have a problem with overusing Najee Harris, and they're invested in it, which is, again, I want to add to this, I'm surprised. I'm surprised the Steelers haven't added anybody. Mm-hmm. And, and do they really think, like, this offensive line is improved enough that Benny Smell, Snell is the answer, that he can be that guy? Like, did they think that's what's going to happen here? But Can I ask both of you a question really quickly? I don't mean to interrupt you, Jeffrey, but with Benny Snell, there's no way to quantify this, but, like, is there a player who has worse body language on the field? Do you two notice that ever at all when he's playing? Like, in all seriousness. Yeah. In all seriousness. Like, that's contagious. Like, there's an old Mm -hmm. slogan that the sideline tells the story. And, like, I hate saying that, like, because, again, there's no way to measure that. But like yeah. my eye, my eyes aren't lying when I'm watching the game. He goes in, has one carry for two yards, and he goes back to the sideline with the spinning mouthpiece sulking. And it's like, mm-hmm. come in with the spark, come in with some juice, come in with some mm-hmm. passion and some fire. And it's like, I see that. And it's like, embrace the role, embrace the opportunity that you have when you have them. Because there's one thing I know about this league. NFL stands not for long. So it's like, And I just want to see for this team to best succeed and best utilize itself offensively. They've got to find out who is the Robin and Najee Harris's Batman. It's something that the Steelers absolutely must do because I look at last year, even despite getting Harris and he was a pro bowler. That's great. And all 29th in the league in rushing the year before they had Najee Harris dead last in the NFL. And I know it's coming from the ownership on down saying that's never going to happen again. I don't think that'll ever happen again in our lifetimes. But the year before that, 29th in the league rushing. 2018, 31st in rushing. That was the Le'Veon Bell holdout season. The year before that, they were 20th. So, like, we've been talking about now for, like, five seasons where this team has struggled to run the football. And it goes against totally against the identity of Pittsburgh Steelers football. Smash mouth, 
run the ball into the, and like, look, I know it's 2022. I know it's a different league now, but a solid running game that can help control the clock, control the pace of the game and playing just stout defense. And it's like the Steelers have gotten away from that. They've gotten away from that. You got me fired up about it. <laughs> <laughs> I want one last real question. We're, we're, we're quickly coming to the end of the show here. Uh, one last real question that I want for you. We got two new receivers. We still have Deontay Johnson. We still have Chase Claypool. But they don't have Ben Roethlisberger anymore. We know what Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool look like with Ben Roethlisberger at the quarterback. Neither of them played with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger before his arm injury and the surgery and all that. Out of that receiver group, who are you expecting to kind of show up and, and perform beyond expectations? Like, I, I obviously rookies don't have big expectations, but, but you know, like if Pickens is going to have, if you think Pickens is going to mm-hmm. have a big year with, with, with the guys, or if you think Calvin Austin III is going to be, you know, potentially our number three receiver and be, surprise people with the amount of stuff he is able to do. Who do you think is going to surprise or impress as a wide receiver on this team without Ben Roethlisberger? I'll go Chase Claypool because everything from the neck down is everything you could want in a receiver. You look at his combine measurables from a few years ago, and it's like, is this a reincarnation of Calvin Johnson? Now, I'm not saying Chase Claypool's Calvin Johnson, but I'm just talking about the measurables. Mm-hmm. For, for Claypool, it's all right here between the ears. It's all right here. He's a young player. I would like to see him get back to that form that he displayed as a rookie when he tied a Steelers rookie record for 11 touchdowns, getting into the paint mm-hmm. that often, I like to see him get back there. I think we've seen what Deontay Johnson can do, and he's going to want to command top dollar because he's going to be looking around the league, especially this past off season. Uh, Devontae Adams, Tyree Kill, A.J. Brown, the big deals that those three receivers have gotten because Deontay Johnson is going to be looking around saying, hey, wait a second, I'm a Pro Bowl receiver too. I should be making a premium. The Steelers, I think, are going to approach it from the standpoint of, okay, if we pay Deontay, probably not going to be able to pay Chase. So they'll probably have one of the two. Two rookies I'm excited for because it's like, what's your flavor? Pickens can be a bully. I mean, like the footage of him absolutely <laughs> kicking butt against the Georgia Tech defensive back. Like if I squint my eyes and I look really, really closely, it's like, man, hmm, I'd love to see this against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I don't want to see him. <laughs> kicked out of a game but but i love to see that fire and if that is channeled the right way before Mm -hmm. his injuries he would have gone in the first round no doubt about it so i'm excited to see what i didn't see here's how i look at it it's like first receiver second receiver i look at it x y and z and they all have different skill sets that Mm -hmm. you need who's going to be in that slot position that's been filled by juju smith schuster very physical uh, guy who's not afraid to block, a very good receiver, but n- not an elite-level receiver. Are they going to say, okay, we'll go with Austin, who's more of a speedster, more quick, uh, has that fast-twitch muscles? Like, like I look at it like this. The Steelers got a lot younger, but they got a lot faster as well. But then are you going to put Pickens on the outside? Like, where's Pickens going to line up? I want to see where they line up, and we really won't see that until we get further into the offseason. But, like, I'm very excited because – I could go down the list of receivers that the the Steelers have had through the years. They that two positions they absolutely crush at drafting the receiver position on the offensive side of the ball, linebacker on the defensive side of the ball, and they get guys who are accustomed to playing in the cold weather late in the season. It's funny because fantasy football is the craze, and it's like in September and October, 
guys absolutely go off. But then once the weather takes a turn later in the season, it's interesting to see which guys don't like playing in the cold and which guys <laughs> embrace that. So I'm excited about it. I expect big things from Chase Claypool this season because I think he took a little bit of a step back this past season. Not sure that was all on him, but again, from him, it's not, it's nothing physical. It's all between the ears for Chase Claypool. I think he'll prove that this upcoming season too. And again, if we can get, get 11 touchdowns from him again, as we saw as a rookie, say that'd be a pretty good year for Chase Claypool. Hey, I, I have to say, you got me fired up there with everything you said. If you know, one of Tomlin's favorite words is versatility. Everything is versatility. When you look at this offense, not only are they young, they're incredibly versatile yep. because both tackles can play either side. Both guards can play either side. The, you know, Cole can play any of the interior positions. Then you go to the receivers. Claypool can play, move into the slot. Pickens has played some in the slot in Georgia. CA3, the kid can fly. You get him matched up, move him around. There's so many weapons there and movable parts that all fit into what Canada likes to do with the pre-snap motions and stuff of that nature. That is a very exciting, regardless of which quarterback it is. And, you know, we definitely need that backup running back, but this is a very exciting time to be a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because you're going to see an offense we've never seen before. So, I mean, when you was talking about that, that got me excited because there's so much versatility there. And pushing the ball down the field, like I want to see this team mm -hmm. take the top off of defense from time to time too because it's like if it's predictable for us as fans, <laughs> I can't even imagine what it's like for opposing defensive coordinators where they know what's coming before it mm -hmm. comes the past two seasons. So to be able to you know have teams play too deep safety and respect that over-the-top speed mm. or to be able to have a, a receiver or a back take take the distance. We just haven't seen that. Mm -mm. It's been underneath, underneath, underneath. Part of that's been because, you know, Big Ben, future Hall of Famer, but the offensive lines had to keep him upright and he mm. hasn't been mobile. So it's like, again, all of this stuff is interconnected, but mm -hmm. I'm excited to see what that looks like now that the Steelers have some fresh blood on the offensive side of the ball. All right. Uh, we got, or it's time to wrap up the show. Mark, I'll give you a first shot at this. Uh, let people know where they can find your stuff, where they can find you and, and, and follow you. Yes, check out the Believe in Steelers show on YouTube. Believe in Steelers, that's B-L-E-A-V. Again, just wrapped up with Mike Tomlin last week. We're going to have a live reaction show too. So that is going to be out on Friday Uh after Thursday night's release. So really excited to talk about that and go through the 17 game regular season schedule. We'll have all the times and dates for who the Steelers will play, at least the dates. Uh, so I'm excited about that. That'll be out on Friday. We're on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify. I'm on social media, MD Bergen, M-D-B-E-R-G-I-N. So you can check the show out there. But fellas, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure as always. Thank you so much, Mark Shannon. Let people know what you have coming up. Well, just again, I had an article hit today about Kevin Dotson being the elephant in the room and where he is not a perfect fit for an, uh, the outside zone options that, that he's going to have to probably more than likely do this year. Not saying he can't do it, but just saying it's, he's not an ideal fit. And so a lot of people didn't understand that. I, but I put the definition in the article of what elephant in the room means. So, if people would read that, then they would understand. But uh, 
Mark, it's been great having you on again. I followed you on Twitter. You need to follow me back. <laughs> we'll you know do. what I mean? We'll but, do. I got but, you. But like I told you last time, tell Swaggy P we said howdy and and love you guys show and like listening to it. And uh so uh I'm just glad it was a great show. Enjoy talking with both of y'all and, and uh now y'all done got me excited, so it's gonna take me a while to cool down. <laughs> <laughs> we got you fired up, Shannon. All right, and you can find I've got some film rooms coming. I think I've got one more draft. I think I've got the, the Crystal Adokun film room coming up. And uh other than that, the vertex coming out some point here. I, I don't I, I messed up my deadline for that. So whenever they fit it in. Um but always as as always stay tuned behind the steel curtain. Check out behindthesteelcurtain.com uh for all the Steelers updates. Obviously check out Mark and his Believe in Steelers podcast with Ike Taylor. It's a great time, great show. Thanks for coming on Mark. For everyone here, have a great week and as always, go Steelers. Oh how it rips me